And my husband used to tease me because he said, um, you walk so fast. He said, why don't you just run? Diz Runs Radio, episode 1148, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. Real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you by Ye Old Coaching Programs, specifically the Coterie, which is my uh, kind of my, my OG coaching level. Um, and, and if I may be so bold, and I'm about to be bold, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see whether you can handle it or not. Um, at, at the price point of the Coterie, you will not find a better coaching value out there. Um, some have, you know, there's, there's more bells and whistles at a higher, high, higher price point. Shoot. I've got options with more bells and whistles at a higher price point, but for, for where the coterie is priced, which, you know, I, I'm not trying to hide around it. It's $95 a month. Um, you won't get a better value in terms of amount of feedback from a coach, multiple check-ins per week, adjustments, uh, obviously a custom plan. I mean, you, you know where I stand when it comes to one size fits all, uh, we don't, we don't play that game around here, but you know, if you want what I think is pretty good coaching. I mean, you know, it, it is it is what it is. I might be biased against myself here, um, but certainly bells and whistles, webinars, um, you know, a resource library, all kinds of extra things. Um, but maybe most importantly, regular check-ins, regular adjustments. Uh, when you need something switched around, when you when you have a question, when there's something you're dealing with, you don't have to wait a week or two weeks or three weeks or a month to to hear back from from the person you're working with. I check in three times a week, most weeks, every once in a while, like a couple times a year, maybe it'll only be twice a week, but for the most part, three times a week, I'm accessible. Uh, get you, get your feedback, get your questions, get your answers. That's what the Coterie has. So if that might be something that would be useful for you, or you want to check out the real fine print, which I mean, I pretty much gave you all the fine print, but the real fine print, you can find it at disruns.com slash Coterie. That's disruns.com slash C-O-T-E. R-I-E. If you want to look at the compare and contrast the other coaching levels, disruns.com slash coaching. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, my guest today is a lady that uh, runs all the miles and seems to always be coming back for more. Um, by, by latest count, and who knows, this may change by the time you actually listen to this, but by the time, as we're record, recording this, somewhere over 100 marathons, 100, and, I don't know what I saw on social media, somewhere 107, 8, something like that. Um, more than 100, that's, that's what really matters. She's a member of the uh, 50 State Marathon Club, 50 states plus DC, so there's, there's at least half of those 100 plus marathons. And uh, near as I can tell, no plans on, on hanging up the running shoes anytime soon, so those numbers will continue to grow, continue to expand. Um, and you know, needless to say with that many marathons under her belt, uh, who knows how many other races and miles and things like that, uh, no shortage of things to be able to talk about today. So let's get the party started and welcome Ms. Jennifer Bell to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Jen. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Looking, looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better and, and digging into some of the adventures you've had. And y'all, if you enjoy today's conversation and you want to connect with Jen a little bit more, uh, Instagram, her handle there is at Burke girl. That's B E R K G I R L 
on Twitter at JenBell45. That's Jen with two N's, J-E-N-N-B-E-L-L, the number four, the number five. Uh, you can find her on Facebook as well, just searching for Jennifer Robbins Bell. Um, so she makes it difficult, different handles every place, but it's okay. We'll still forgive her. Uh, <laughs> Dizruns.com slash 1148. We'll get you back to the show notes for today. And of course, we'll have all of the different social media handles linked up there. Make it easy for you. If you're, if you're a little bit turned around about which handle goes to which place, we'll, we'll keep it simple for you. We've got photos there as well. Dizruns.com slash 1148. So Jen, the way we always start off each episode of the show with a pretty simple question uh, sometimes I have a pretty good idea that I know where the answer is going to be. Sometimes I have no idea. I feel like this one's pretty self-explanatory, but we're still going to ask it, see what happens. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? So I would say that my favorite distance to race is definitely the marathon. And um, for me, the reason that I love the marathon so much is I'm somebody who likes to have a lot of goals. And so I feel like with the marathon, I can set goals and I have a lot of, um, you know, self-satisfaction in reaching those goals and really testing my limits to see what I can do. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, uh, there's been, there's been a few times where I I thought it was was pretty cut and dry and then somebody throws a curveball at me. I was, I was waiting for you to be like, yeah, I actually really love the 50 K or, you know, I really love the the 10 K. Um, I love a 5 K. Oh yeah. But, uh, I I figured it was going to be a marathon and, and yeah, obviously lots of goals. I mean, it it takes setting a lot of goals to, to get to, you know, triple digit marathon club and, and traveling and doing all the things. And and I want to get into all of that, um, a little bit as we go, of course, but, but I'd love to kind of start closer towards the beginning. How'd you get, how'd you get started in, in the sport of running? Has it been something that's, I mean, obviously it's been around for a minute if you, you know, with as many races as you've run, but is it something that's always been part of your life or where'd you first get started in the sport? It has not. I was a very unathletic, um, kid growing up. I, I barely participated in any sports. I just, I don't know. It just wasn't really part of what I did. I think once I uh, played right field in the softball team, but that was about it as a kid. Um, but as I got a little bit older and I had raised my kids, um, I just found that I was becoming an empty nester and I really needed something to to do. My two children were off at college and it was just my husband and myself at home. So I wanted to find something that I could do when I finally had time to do things for myself. So I started by um, really just walking for exercise. And my husband used to tease me because he said, um, you walk so fast. He said, why don't you just run? Because he had always, my husband had always run through, um, through college and in and, and adulthood. And I never had run in my life. And he said, you just walk so fast. Why don't you just run? I said, I can't run. I've never run in my life. And so, I don't know, it just kind of became a challenge for me. So when I first began, what I would do is I would just, I would run from one telephone pole to the next, and then I would have to walk. And then pretty soon, you know, after, I don't know, a couple of months, I could, you know, go a few telephone poles of running and then one telephone pole of walking. Um, I really didn't have any help from anyone or any resources at this time, like to, to start, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, the very first race that I, that I ever decided to jump into was a half marathon. And I really had no idea what I was looking back now. I'm like, I don't even know how I survived doing that. But, um, so I did a half marathon and I really just got the bug. I just loved running. And, um, from there I decided that I was going to 
try to do a marathon because that just seemed like a very logical thing to do to me at the time. Um, so I ran my first marathon. I did the Bay State Marathon out in Lowell, Massachusetts, and I just loved it. I loved it. Um, and I was just a little bit over four hours. And then I thought, boy, I'm pretty close to be able to, um, to get a Boston qualifying time. So then I said, I'd run another marathon and see if I can uh, qualify, not realizing what a lofty goal that was for someone who just ran their very first marathon. Um, so I didn't really start running until I was 46. Making up for lost time. No, no. Uh, I mean, well, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's you, you hear somebody, this is, this is maybe my precon, preconceived, you know, I don't know, biases or, or whatever. It's like you hear somebody that running, you know, a hundred marathons. You're like, oh gosh, you know, you must've been at it for, for, I don't know, 30 years, 40 years, you know, knocking off three or four a year, something like that. Um, starting at, at 46 and I, you know, we don't need to, to exactly age you unless you, unless you want to, but uh, you didn't waste any time, like really just getting after it. You know, you ran the first one, enjoyed it. Let's let's go back for more. Yeah, I'm 57 now. So Monday, um, I ran my 125th marathon. Goodness gracious! <laughs> I like to keep busy. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. So all right. So so that 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 puts some 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 time. You know numbers into into play a little bit more just you know kind of the loose math of you know 11 12 something like that a year i mean probably some years maybe a little bit more some years a little bit less but you know if we can do the math on that 11 years 120 you know that's it's relatively straightforward math there um but back you know 10 11 years ago you're just kind of dipping your toes into it it sounds like you know once once you got over your your husband's kind of chiding you a little bit to to run. I, I I can and I, I had to chuckle to myself because I'm exactly like if I'm gonna run I'm gonna run and if I'm gonna walk like we're str- like we don't walk we stroll like it's just it's just casual um like we're, it's, we, it's, we, it's like there's a sale at Macy's I'm on yeah no and I am I am the complete opposite and my wife kind of had we have kind of the same conversation she's like come on hurry up I'm like no babe we're walking like we, we are there's no no uh, need to 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 hasten the the pace here but. Um, you know, so he kind of nudges you a little bit. You, you start running. Sounds like it really uh, was was kind of a, a you know like a fish to water type of scenario. You, you you fell in pretty quick. Was it was it really that kind of a smooth transition into half marathon goes well, marathon goes well, or was it a little little rockier in the early days? Um. So so the, the base date I did in 2013, and then. Um, 2014, I think I did you know a couple more races. So. My first, the first time I BQ'd was like in 2015, I did, um, Rhode Island, I did a marathon in Rhode Island, the, um, the, uh, I can't even think of it, the Cox road race there. Um, so it was pretty smooth for me actually, like in the beginning, like once I got started with it and I, I think that for me, every time I run a marathon, even now I learn something new every time. So I've just taken the the knowledge that I've gathered each time I run a marathon and just add it so that the next time I can try to improve, um, how I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's something that, um, I don't know, can be, can be easy, at least for me. I, I don't want to throw too many other folks under the bus here, but, um, not that I've run a hundred, but I feel like I'm, I'm up there in the, the 25, like not that I've run 25 necessarily races, but I guess maybe I have, I don't know, whatever, 25, 30 marathons, something like that. Um, and sometimes it's, it's easy to, to almost feel like I've got it all figured out, which is ridiculous. Like I, I can recognize the, the ridiculousness of that statement. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's always so much to learn and, and maybe part of that, and, and maybe you can speak to this. I'm sure you probably can speak to this as well is that, you know, 
we're, we're, we're all older today than we were yesterday, and, and good Lord willing, we'll be older tomorrow than we are today. Um, and, and as, as our, our, all of our bodies change over time, you, you add 10 years onto the mix, no matter when you're starting from, you're going to feel different 10 years later. Um, how much has, has just, you know, the fact that you're 10 years older now than you, than you were 10 years ago and you're running more than ever, uh, how much is of the learning process has been just kind of learning as your body changes with, with, you know, every, every passing day? Absolutely. And I think that, um, one of the things that I know about, about myself, and of course it's different for everybody who runs, but I need to be more careful about recovery. Mm. So I need to, you know, just be really mindful that I'm making like before I feel like I could just kind of go, go, go all the time. Mm. And now I just have to be a little bit more careful to make sure that I'm not going to get myself into trouble where I'm going to head towards an injury. So I just have to you know, be mindful of making sure I get enough rest and eating well and doing other kinds of movement too. So, but I've had plenty, plenty of races where I've wiped out and I think I've learned as much from those or more than the ones that I've been successful at. Can you give an example or two of, of one of those lessons learned the hard way? Um, yeah. I mean, I've had races where I didn't fuel or hydrate right mm. and then just totally bonked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those are so uncomfortable and disappointing at the same time. When you, when you make a mistake that you know you could have prevented, those are, those are the ones that are hard for me. When I know that, that it wasn't necessarily the training, but it was something that I did in the race, a mistake that I made um, that made things so hard. Yeah, and the, the real frustrating thing well, obviously, you know, if you can look back and be like, oh, I didn't do X, Y, or Z, and like, like that's frustrating. But uh, have you had any of those types of similar instances where um, you've, you have done everything right? Like, I feel like nutrition and, and hydration, um, it's, it's easy to tell when you've done them wrong. But there's like, I've had times where I've done everything right. I've been fueling when I'm supposed to. I'm, I'm certainly, you know, drinking all the, all the fluids. And sometimes, especially, you know, if it's, if it's kind of in extreme in terms of temperature or you're really going after it, really throwing down hard and just that effort level is up there, um, you can, you can kind of do everything right and still have it go sideways on a, on a nutrition or hydration front. And that's, to me, that's, that's maybe the, the ultimate frustration is doing everything right. And still just, you know, human bodies right. and physiology, and it just goes sideways on occasion. Right. And, and, and sometimes it's just something comes up on the course that, mm. um, that you weren't prepared that you weren't really necessarily ready for. It was hillier or the terrain was different than what you expected or the, or certainly weather is always a big factor when you're running a marathon. So it's, I try to really focus, even when things aren't going as expected, I try to focus on the things that I can control because if you can get, if you can get the things that you can control back in line, even though it may not be a perfect race, it's one that's much more manageable. Yeah. Very, very, very true. Um, so, so you mentioned earlier, uh, kind of in that introductory question there that, that you like having goals and the marathon obviously is, is a great way to provide different goals in terms of times or in terms of numbers or, or things like that. Boston qualifiers, which, which you, know, you kind of tick that box relatively early. It sounds like after just a couple of years of, of running marathons, um, what, what, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming that was probably one of the, the first, I mean, maybe the, just the running the marathon is the first good goal. And then you, you go, oh, like, so if we can break four hours, we can Boston qualify, things like that. What were some of the, the progressions of, of goals back, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago that you've, that you've worked towards? And I guess maybe I'm kind of leading towards, you know, when did, when did some of the, the, the sheer volume of, of marathon goals, whether it's 50 <laughs> states, triple digits, et cetera, when did, when did those goals start to come into view? 
Yeah. So like, like you were saying the my first original goal was just to be able to complete a marathon, which is a, anyone who's ever mm-hmm. done that. It's just such a huge accomplishment to be able to just run a marathon. I mean, that in itself was a really big goal for me. And then when I saw it was within my reach to try to run a Boston qualifying time, then I really tried to focus and work towards that. And then I was able to, um, you know, get that Boston qualifier that I wanted. So once that happened, I don't know, I just, it just became such a passion for me running the, the marathon. I just really just love to be able to be out there and run and do that. Um, but then after I did, I don't know, I would say probably three or four years of just kind of running marathons. Somebody mentioned to me about, um, you know, you're running a lot of marathons. Why don't you try to do one in all 50 States? I had never even actually even heard of that before. Mm. So I was like, Oh, I guess there is a marathon in every state. So, um, so then I focused on trying to get a marathon in all 50 States. And I finished that up in, um, in 21. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So that, so that was good. And then once I did that, of course, then I was like, all right, now what am I going to do? So I had, I had run a lot of marathons, um, especially around Massachusetts and New England before I started going for the 50 states. So I was getting close. You know, my numbers were getting pretty, pretty high up there for marathons. So then I just decided that my next goal would be to get to 100 marathons. So that was another big goal for me. Gotcha. Well, and and yeah, it's it's. you know, I mean, you, again, you can do the, the math is pretty simple. If we're going to get 50 states, well, that's halfway to 100 right there. And if you've already yeah, run a, yeah. a handful of states multiple times, and then, yeah, like 100, 100 feels like it's all of a sudden becomes in, in you know, m- that much more in, in reach. And then you just kind of keep building from there. Um, curious with the, with the 50 states. That's that's a goal that I have. You're, you're obviously, I mean, you've, you've done it. So you're, you're way ahead of me. I think I'm at 11 states, 12 states, something like that. Um, but uh, kind of curious what your strategy was for, for getting to the 50 States as in like, you know, did you do some of those, those challenges where you're doing, you know, one or two or three races in a row in three different States on three different days type of situation, or was, was each state kind of its own travel? Like, how did you, how did you, how did you go about getting to the 50 States? Cause obviously everybody's journey to do so is different. I would say for the most part, I did them um, separately. And for me, it's always a, uh, an additional challenge to try to fit all this in around my, cause I have a full-time job. Mm. So fitting all these races in my full-time job and, you know, doing what I do um, professionally. So I did mostly do one state at a time, but there um, were some series that I did. That's a little bit harder of a challenge to do those um, back-to-back ones. Mm-hmm. I have done some, but I haven't done a whole lot of the back-to-backs. Um, but that's a that's a great way to knock out a bunch of states. I don't know if you know uh, mainly marathons. That's mm-hmm. a great way to um, be able to do a, a whole series of states. Um, that's part of my plan this summer is to get some of those series into uh, to work towards my next big goal. Mm. We're gonna a little teaser there. We'll get to that in in a minute. Um, the outside of the obvious of of you know you mentioned the difference between doing the cha- like the different challenge of doing multiple races in a row versus a, a one-off, you know, here and there. Um, you know, so, so the obvious being that, you know, you're going to run a marathon multiple days in a row, like that's, that's clearly a challenge, but how do you, how do you attack that differently in terms of 
pacing in terms of recovery after knowing that you're going to run again tomorrow? Um, like, like, you know, just, just in general, when you're, when you're going to stack a couple days in a row, whether it's one weekend or, you know, whatever, however many days it is, um, versus just a one in one in one out type of, of scenario. Like how has it played out for you over the last, you know, the times that you've done that? I think when it's just a, a, when it's a one day marathon, you can just kind of go for it, you know, Mm -hmm. go for your time goal, go for a, a, a personal best and just let it fly and, and see what you can do. But when you're doing a series, I think you have to be a little bit more strategic. If you know, depending on how many days you're going to go out, how many marathons you're going to try to run in a row, you have to think about um, a, a good strategy going in so that you don't um, wipe out halfway through. When I was um, at the run show in Boston uh, a couple of months ago, I heard Dave McGilvery speaking and he was talking about, he did the seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. Mm-hmm. And I thought what he said was really interesting. He said that when he was running um, one of the marathons, he was always reminding himself that he was running for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever he's doing today is going to have a really big impact on what you do the next day. So I think when you're doing a series like that, you have to think of what your overall goal is and then have individual goals for each of the days that you're running. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, and I feel like you could almost even break that down. I mean, it, it's it, maybe not quite to the same level, but the same logic applies even when you are just doing one one race and you're trying to race it hard and you're going for that PR or, or whatever time goal that you might have and that, you know, like you, you can't, you can't go out too hot in the first 5k. Or you're going to pay for it. And the, and the last, you know, the last bit of the race and just like, you can't go out too hard on marathon day one, when you know, you've got four five, six more of them to go. Um, you know, there's, 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 you can make that, at least I can make that, that connection of the strategery piece. Um, you know, you know, whether it's a one-off or, or otherwise that, that, yeah, there's, you know, there's more to come. And if you burn yourself up too quickly, then it, it makes the, the last, the last bit even more of a challenge than it's already going to be. Yeah, you do. And the other the important piece that I that for me at least is that I have to think um, ahead and plan for the recovery after the race mm. so that I can um, you know quickly get right back to trying to like fuel and rest and do some recovery activities that are going to help so that I'll, I'll be ready for the next day. Yeah, and then and then the mainly from from what I understand, I haven't I haven't done any mainly events yet, but that's that's been on my list for a while of of you know stringing together a, a week or ten days or whatever some of those longer challenges that they have. Um, but not only do you have to recover for tomorrow, but you also have to travel. And that, sure, the travel might not be, you know, 10, 12, 15 hours in the car. But if you got to be in the car for two or three or four hours sometimes to get from one state, maybe not so much in New England. Although, maybe, you know, it depends on where you are. But I know some of the some of the states, it's a little bit longer drive. Um, that's a that's a kind of interesting piece or maybe not interesting, but it's a can be a challenging piece of the puzzle as well. Absolutely. And, and I think travel is always a challenge when you're trying to do any kind of series like just because you have to think about, um, you know, having everything with you that you need and being able to uh, find the right food that you, that you can eat in between the races. And we all know you, when you're sitting in the car for a long time, everything starts stiffening up. So Mm -hmm. it, that is definitely an added challenge. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, 50 states, you, you got that done, but I'm not, I'm not quite ready to, to give up on that one just yet. And, and this, is, this is admittedly probably a terrible question. It's, it's probably one of those impossible questions almost. But like, you know, 50 states, like there's a lot of different places to see, a lot of different, different sceneries, different, um, you know, races. I'm sure there's probably some big ones. I mean, obviously Boston is a, is a pretty big one. I'm sure there's probably a couple of small ones, whether it's mainlys or even just some of the other, other races where, you know, there's a fraction of the people that there might be at Boston. Um, but what's, what's one or two races, um, 
that are maybe maybe really stand out to you. Maybe for somebody like me, like I said, I've got I've got you know about about ten or eleven races down and, and still or states down, still have about you know forty ish to go. Um, you know, what what are some races for somebody who's who's looking to travel to that that you ran? Uh, maybe it's one of your fifty states. Maybe it's just other other races that you've run that stand out as far as like, hey, you know, here's a good race. And I I personally, for whatever it's worth, I like the under the radar ones. So if you have any of those, I I would appreciate those. Uh, suggestions <laughs> I can send as you well. My, send you my spreadsheet. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, so I don't think it's really an under the radar race, but one of my favorite races um, is St. George in Utah. Mm. That's an incredibly beautiful race. Um, and such a, such a great course. So that's one of my top picks, I would say for a, um, a marathon that I've really that I would definitely go back to. That was really a, one that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones that are really great that I've done. Um, Lost Dutchman is another race that's out in Arizona. That's again, not really a small race, but that was a great one that I loved to do. Um, there's a great one in Texas called um, the Dalmatian run fest. That's an awesome race. It, that's a three day series. Mm. That's a fun one to do. Gotcha. Good deal. Good it's, course. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, you know, that that's at least for me, part of the, the motivation of trying to do the 50 states thing is that it gets me to some places that I've, that I've never been and probably would never go to in terms of maybe I don't have family or, or, or reasons to mm-hmm. get there. But also, you know, you start to, to, to do some digging and, you know, not again, not that there's anything wrong with some of the big city races, whether it's, whether it's your, your majors or whether it's just, you know, just, you know, some of the more popular races, some of the, the, the Dallas marathons or the Oklahoma city is coming up. And I know that's a, a popular race, but like, you know, if you can find some, some random, random races. Um, and like I said, for me, under the radar, small town, small field, like that's, that's my bread and butter. Um, curious. I agree. You know, and I, I think with those races, I'm sorry. I think with those races, one of the best parts is that the people that you meet Mm -hmm. are always seem to be like the friendliest and such welcoming people that it makes it so much more fun. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, and I mean, we've had this, this conversation with other folks over the the years about the running community and, and, you know, in in general, the running community, it's, it's fantastic. I'm I'm glad to be a part of it and, 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 you know, don't have anything bad to say, but you know, you get to a race with, with 20, 30, 40,000 people and like, it's kind of just a massive humanity. You get a race with, with a couple hundred people. Um, and I don't know, it's just more likely that not everybody's going to have their headphones in. You're going to be able to talk a little bit. Um, and yeah, the locals and those smaller towns that, that, um, appreciate the influx of runners and what that does to the community. Like, like, I don't know, like I said, it's, it's just, I, I have my bias towards smaller, smaller town, smaller field races. And, and I don't hide from that. Um, but yeah, it's just, it just feels a little bit more chummy running community than sometimes those, those, like I've done Disney so many times because we used to live right, right down the road and it's convenient, but it's just like so many people and the small races right. just, just hit, hit a little closer to home for me, I think. And I think too, it depends on the course layout. Yes, so if it's sure. just, if it's a, if a, you know, if it's a point to point, like you might see somebody once in the race, but if you're at a smaller race where it's a looped course or an out, a repeated out and back, you see the same people all the time. And it's just, I don't know, by the end of the 26 miles, it feels like you're all a big family. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Curious, and again, I, I, we're going to get off this 50-state thing in a second, but but just some something just kind of clicked for me there, um, and that that you mentioned, you know, whatever it was, 10 minutes ago, the time frame that you'd wrapped it up in in 2021. 
Um, and you know, clearly we all, we all, at least most, all, I think all of us, I think if you're listening to this in 2023, you probably remember living through the pandemic a couple few years ago. Um, how much did, did that and everything that went with it and canceled races and, and lockdown and all of the, all of the, the COVID situation, how much did that derail your, your, I mean, it had to derail your race plan somewhat. How, how much of an impact did that have for you? Ah, it was a mess. <laughs> yeah. Join the club. Well, weren't all of us a bit of, bit of a mess we, there? We all had to see. I just remember spending so much time on the computer searching for marathons, and it was like nothing. Mm-hmm. Everything was just shut down. There wasn't anything. So I had actually um, planned on finishing earlier, but you, there just were no races to even register. Even if you could travel to one, there was no place to, to go and run. They were Everything was on pause. So, yeah, that, that kind of delayed everything, but, it's you know, it's all right. We all got back to it, so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, shifting, shifting off of 50 states just a little bit, but I, I do want to touch on Boston for, for a minute um, just because I, I kind of have a loose rule of thumb that if somebody's run Boston and from what I can tell, you've run Boston a handful of times, um, we, we don't not talk about Boston because that's that's a big goal of mine. Um, I, I make the joke, but it's, it's like 100% also honest that I just need to get, you know, a little bit faster and, you know, a decade older. And uh, right about there, that, that's where the, the sweet spot of things will line up and, and I'll be able to qualify. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you qualified for Boston early in your running career. You've run it a handful of times. It's kind of a local-ish race from what I can gather as well. Um, what are, what are you, I mean, obviously you must enjoy it. You, you go back to it. You just ran it again, you know, as we're recording this a couple of days ago. Um what what is what is I don't know what the best question is here. What 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 makes the Boston Marathon special for you? We'll start there. Um, so the Boston Marathon for me, having just come off of it, you know, I just got home yesterday from running Boston. Um, it's just amazing community marathon because yesterday, for instance, I mean, the weather was for um, spectators was just right. awful. It, and windy and streets from from Hoppington with the most supportive people just applauding and handing out oranges and um, just for me Boston has that feel that you're not I don't feel like I'm running just for myself but I'm running and it just becomes this whole big community event where everybody comes out and it's it's for the city yeah, that's that's the impression I get from you know just watching it on TV every year and 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 kind of hearing about it, um, and and uh, yeah, like the, I, you know watching watching the other day and having some friends that were running it, it was like it was kind of that 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 I don't I don't know if it was weird, it's not really weird, but like it was the the counterbalance of like the weather for the runners wasn't terrible. I mean, it could have been it could have been dry. I guess that would have been been, been helpful. Um, but it wasn't terrible, but yeah, it was not a good day to be a spectator. And yet everywhere no. you looked, like they were just out there on the, on the coverage, at least. They were. And, and I went down to the finish line after I had had a chance to get all cleaned up and, um, watch some of the final finishers come in. And there was still a good amount of people down there cheering in those last runners. So it was, it was great. I just, I love Boston because everybody is out there to support each other and, um, it's a tough course. It's a challenging course, um, which everyone knows. But I can't help but keep going back every year. I have a chance to qualify. Gotcha. Well, that was, that was maybe going to be the next question. You, you see yourself keep going back. I mean, you've already done it. Like I said, I don't know what, what I saw on social media five, six, seven times, something like that. Um, 
and and no plans again to to slow down there. If you keep qualifying, you keep showing up, eh? So this year was my seventh, and I um, when I ran Rebel Big Bear back in November, I got a qualifier for twenty four. So there you go. We're I don't know about my about mile twenty three. I was thinking I'm not doing <laughs> this again. About mile twenty three, I said I'm not doing this next year. <laughs> but by the time I got to twenty six, I was back in. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Well, isn't it, maybe not always the case, but I, I've had a few marathons where, you know, somewhere in that 20 to 22, 23 mile range, like this is stupid and then I'm done. And then, yeah, yeah. maybe not yeah. by 26, but usually a few days later, I'm like, all right, well, yeah, we'll probably do that again. So. Yeah. Yep. I think that's, that's the case for most marathoners. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned uh, uh, a big goal that you're working on or, or uh, kind of the next, the next big thing um, is going to require some, some, uh, series events this year. What, what, uh, what, what is the, what is the goal that you're working on now, Jen? <laughs> um, so my next goal that I'm working on is to, um, run 52 marathons in 52 weeks. Ooh, that's a big goal. It is a big goal. It's kind of a scary <laughs> goal. <laughs> what, uh, what was the impetus for that level of craziness? I have no idea. That's what my husband keeps asking me. <laughs> Why, he says, why do you have to do these things? <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, for me, like I mentioned earlier, I am just a, I am a goal setter. And so I just keep finding these things that I think will be um, doable, but a good challenge for me. So I thought, well, I'll see if I can do that. But because of um, my professional career as a educator, I'm not able to just do one necessarily every week in a row. It mm-hmm. just doesn't fit in my schedule like that cleanly. So I'm planning on trying to fit a lot of them in this coming summer when I'm not um, working. Gotcha. So and that, and that kind of leads to, to, to the question I was going to ask, you know, in terms of, um, you know, how you're, how you're spacing them out, how you're spreading them out. Like, like, you know, I'm assuming that lots of planning has kind of gone into it so far. Where where are we at? You know, we're we're closing in on four months through the year, whatever the, that is, 18 weeks, 19 weeks, something like that at this point, or maybe not quite that far. Whatever we are, something something along those like 14, 15 weeks into the year. Um, how many how many marathons have you run this year so far? Um, Boston was my 12th. Okay, so you're. So even though you know it's not maybe not a, a perfect one one marathon per week situation, you're not you're not dramatically far off. No, and I did I did start at the end of December. I ran one um I did the Savage 7, which is a 7-day race series down in Florida. So I started at the very tail end of December, so my 52 weeks started the last week of December. Hey, 52 weeks is 52 weeks whether it's January 1st yeah. or December 20th, however that shakes out. Yeah, that that all works. And so, so we'll see. Yeah, so I'm pretty much on tr- I think I'm right on track with where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. So the main thing will just be for me to be able to um stay healthy and injury free and uh we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's that's always always the maybe the the big factor when it comes to doing some of these big goals is that it it requires, you know, it requires that that health piece. Sometimes it's a little bit of good luck, sometimes it's a lot of of good um, effort on, on our parts to do the recovery work and to, to listen to our bodies and things like that. Um, I, I get the impression and, and I don't mean this pejoratively at all. Um, but your, your 52 marathons, it's, it's 52 proper marathons of some form or fashion, not just going out by yourself and running 26.2 miles. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, they're all official marathons. 
races, official races. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and I mean, I've, I've done, I've done the 26 two by myself before, um, you know, not, not an official race by any stretch, just run through town and, um, I'll take, I'll take an official race, even if it's something smaller and looped or whatever, uh, over just running through the streets by myself. Cause that, that gets old real quick. I'm with you. <laughs> Plus there's no aid, no, no aid stations. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta bring it, bring your own and, and, uh, you know, maybe plan the route so that you can stop by a water, water spot to, to refill the, the bottle or swing by the gas station and pick something up. Um, which you know, it's doable, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, a, a proper, a proper race is, is, if I'm, if I'm going to do 26.2, I feel like I'd, I'd rather do the proper race than, than just do it by myself as a training run. I agree. And I like to, I like to know there's other people out there, you know, mm-hmm. there's always somebody to kind of give you a little encouragement and somebody that you can encourage along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So looking, looking ahead to this summer and trying to, to turn through some of these, these marathons when you have a little bit more flexibility to your schedule, What's, uh, as of, as of now, what's it looking like is going to be the, the, the biggest, you know, string of marathons or in terms of a series, a couple of them back to back, like what's, what's going to be the kind of the busiest period for you in terms of, of marathons? Um, I would say that July is probably going to be my busiest series of marathons. So, um, I'm, I'm not sure how many I'll be able to do back to back, but I'm mm-hmm. going to give it a, give it a go and see what happens. <laughs> Uh, obviously with, with no guarantees here, is, is there a, you know, if, if all goes, if all goes perfectly, which Lord knows in, in this world, not, nothing ever <laughs> all goes perfectly, but if, if everything, if everything fit together to, to, to the, to the letter, uh, what, what are we looking at? Eight, 10, 12 marathons, four, five, six. What, what's, what's the ideal, everything pie in, in the ju- sky goes, goes right in July. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to be able to do about six of them. Okay. That's a good, it's, it's definitely easier for me um, in the summer with multiple marathons because I'll be able to do a better job with the recovery part of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Not yeah. having it, to go into an office during the day, I'll have more time to do some re- those recovery things that I know help mm-hmm. me out in between. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I, I talked to a lady recently who set a, a, a Guinness record for consecutive days of, of 50K, so ultra marathons. And uh, yeah, she, she ended up, uh, kind of originally, I, I believe, and, and fact check me where I'm, I'm wrong here, Megan. I apologize if I'm screwing up your details, but um, she was kind of going to try to do some of it while while also maintaining work. And then she was like, yeah, I just need to take this week off, this extra week off, because trying to recover while running 50K um, and no, sitting in the office tough. all day is just not not the conducive situation. Definitely not. Um, so got we got, you know, 52 marathons on on tap this year. Uh, a little bit of traveling, some challenging th- or some some challenge type of series, mainly series maybe or things like that. Um, zooming it, zooming out a little bit less less of although maybe it still relates to this year, but just kind of in general, um, maybe going back a little bit to the 50 states. I don't know exactly where this is going to go. As 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 usual around here, we kind of work without a net. We just you know hope that it lands somewhere <laughs> somewhere decently. Um, but but obviously you know. Uh, Doing 50 states requires a fair bit of traveling. Sometimes it's it's local local ish to where you are, or, or you're visiting somebody, so you have kind of a home base. You're able to to, to mix in a, a race there. Sometimes I'm assuming probably at least a, a fair bit of times it's it's kind of like we mentioned earlier, like you're kind of going in, going out, getting the race done, and and, and getting back to to daily life and, and routine and work and all those types of things. Um, but just would be curious, you know, obviously lots of folks travel for races from time to time. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's for 
a goal like 50 states, sometimes it's just, hey, like, let's go to Disney for a race or let's you know, we're going to be out in California. Let's let's try to run a race while we're out there or whatever the case might be. Uh, but I'm just kind of curious what, what has worked for you in terms of racing and traveling, because that that can be I feel um, it can be one of those things that seems real romantic and seems like, oh, yeah, it'll be great. We'll be on vacation. I'll get I'll get a marathon in. And it'll be awesome. Um, but sometimes the, the reality doesn't, doesn't shake out quite as well because you're so far out of the routine or the, the, the food situation is different because maybe you're eating more restaurant meals, which that can cause problems versus being able to cook for yourself at home. Um, just, just kind of curious, you know, what, what has, what has been what you found that works for you when, when traveling for races? So if it's, it's, if, if the race is within like 10 to 12 hours from my house, I like to drive. Mm -hmm. Because then I can bring all of the things that I like to typically do, all my food and all of that, I can just bring with me. So then, and I also can control like when I'm leaving and when I'm, you know, if I need to make stops or whatever. Um, Flying's a little bit tougher because you run into, you know, flight delays or um, long layovers and it just actually makes the travel a lot longer. So I try, I try to drive as much as I can. It's just, I just find that it's easier and it works better for me. Um, and I try to, I'm pretty routine with the things that I do before and after races. So I try to like stick to my, my routines as much as possible when I'm traveling. Sometimes, you know, there's things depending on the location of the race, it could throw things off a little bit, but I do try to stick to doing the same things all the time. Yeah, as as much as you can. That's that's something that I am, uh, you know, people might give me a hard time for being Mr. Routine. Like I just, you know. <laughs> they don't get it, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's one less thing you have to worry about. If you're doing the same thing just about every day, then you don't yep. have to you don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. And and uh, you know, if it works, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, that's right. So, less so yeah, things that, to, I find less to worry about. That's how I always think of it. It's like if I do the same things every every time, then it's less stress for me because I don't have to think about what I'm going to do because I do the same things every time. So, amen, amen. Well, and and you know, there's that there's that common running you know truism of never do anything new on race day, which which I have my issues with because I until you've run enough races, like there's always new stuff that's going on on race day. But that's that's splitting hairs in another direction. But you know, I think sometimes. <laughs> I think sometimes we get, we as, as runners can get too focused on, you know, nothing new on race day, meaning from the time that the race starts until the time that, that the race finishes. But, you know, there's, there is a little bit more to it in terms of the morning of the day before. Um, and as, if, as much as you can find a good routine in terms of what you eat the night before time of sleep, you know, laying out your, 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 your kit for the morning or for the race or what you eat, like, like, you know, whatever works for you is what works for you. But if you can find what works and not try to keep reinventing the wheel every time, um, I mean, I think that's, that's an important, you know, never knew do anything on race day, but also never do anything new for, you know, 24 to 40 hours before the race, if at all possible. Yeah. I mean, I think you do have to be, I try to be somewhat flexible, but mm-hmm. there are some main keep some of the mainstays that, you know, I know are helpful for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so kind of, uh, traveling, you know, driving when you can, when you are flying, do you have, um, you know, do you have a preference of getting, getting to the, the area, you know, a couple few days beforehand, just in case there are travel issues? Do you, do you end up doing a lot of, you know, fly in and, and rush right to the expo and race tomorrow and fly out? Like, like, yeah, obviously each, maybe each, each trip is a little bit different, but what's, what's your ideal flying to a race 
routine look like? Um, typically, I'll fly in on Saturday morning and fly right back out on Sunday Ooh. so that I don't miss work. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that's what I try to do is fly out really early on a Saturday morning, get there, get myself all settled, you know, run on Sunday and then hit. Typically, I just go straight from the race to the air, back to the airport. So, yeah, because I have to try to get back so that I don't miss, uh, mm. you know, miss anything. And I don't like to be away from home any more than, you know, than I need to. I try to be able to do all the things that I want to do with my family and my friends. And, you know, it's just kind of all fitting it together as best you can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned somewhere in the in the lead up to this or, or in the, the information that you sent over that you're part of the, the Destination Marathon crew as ambassador or you have a relationship with them. Um, and I feel like I've heard just just enough about Destination Marathons to like, and I mean, the name kind of helps to, to figure out what, what it's about, but I, I really don't know that much about it. Um, but I feel like maybe that's a good opportunity to, to you know, learn a little bit more about some of the different places you might travel to. Can you tell us a little bit more about Destination Marathons? Sure. I just became uh, this year an ambassador for Destination Marathons. And what they do is they're a marathon um, travel company. So you can register with them to go to various marathons across the world. Like the, mm. um, they're doing grandmas in June. They're doing Dublin in the fall. They just did um, Boston. They're actually um, in London right now, getting ready wow. for London on Sunday. So they travel all over um, the world and provide ru- runners with a VIP treatment at marathons. They help with, um, you know, um, accommodations. They do um, speaker panels, um, tours of the area where you are. So it takes, it's really nice because it takes all of that race off of the runner so you can just kind of enjoy your trip and focus on your race oh, wow that's that sounds useful because lord knows for me um and this is one of those you know talking back earlier about you know kind of lessons that you've learned the hard way this isn't necessarily one of the the running type of lessons but just some of the logistics stuff of early in my travel racing career and i'm i'm, I'm cheap as it comes like it's just it's it's been been bred into me over the years of uh, or maybe not bred in it but pounded into me by by my parents of you know being frugal maybe a little more so than we should be sometimes but i used to try to be like oh yeah i'm going to travel this race and we'll find like the cheapest place to stay and yada yada well no no that makes race day logistics so much more of a pain when you're like yeah we're staying you know 40 minutes away and you got to drive in and nope 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 get that that hotel close to the race uh, close to the start finish line. That way you don't have to hassle with it. Um, lesson learned. That's an extra few bucks spent is, is well spent. Um, and if you have somebody that can help kind of already know those things, you don't have to figure it out for yourself and just kind of help take care of the, the logistics. Um, man, that's even, sounds like it's an even better op- option. I think that it's a, gr- it's a great option when you're going somewhere where you're unfamiliar with the area so that you have somebody to kind of guide you through, um, especially if you're going outside of the country. Right. There's a, it just is really helpful to have somebody be able to guide you with, you know, where, the, where do you want to go to eat or what are the things that you want to see or how do you get to certain locations. I just think it could be a game changer so that you can just enjoy your trip and um, have a great race and not really have to worry about all those um, logistical issues that can come up. For sure. And maybe, maybe a little strength in numbers too, and that, you know, there's probably a hand, at least a handful of folks that are all there doing the same thing. So you've got, you've got some built in friends or at least some like, wait a minute, am I, am I somewhere where I'm not like, like, not, 
you know, right. somewhere like, am I am I in the right place waiting for the transportation or in the right, you know, whatever some of yep. those things. You know, like you start to see a, a few other folks around, like, all right, good, we are in the right place instead of you know just hoping hoping for the best sometimes. Yeah, and like for me personally, like I always feel more comfortable when I know there's somebody there that if I do get into some kind of a trouble with anything, I know there's somebody that I can go talk to and somebody there that can like help me out. I do a lot of traveling on my own. So it's always nice for me to know there's somebody that, Hey, you know, I lost something or I need help with something. There's always somebody there, which is really great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So as we're uh, getting, getting close to wrapping up today, Jen, I, this is another one of those terrible questions. I've already, I, I try not to ask too many terrible questions in, in each, <laughs> each episode, but this is like my second one for today. Um, but, but, you know, coming on, you know, the fact that you're, you're a goal setter and you set big goals and you, and you, you, you know, always kind of knocking them, knocking them down and going on to the next thing. I mean, 52 States, that's a pretty big goal. You're working, I'm sorry, 52 marathons in 52 weeks, big goal working on that. Um, do, do you already have seeds planted for what the next big goal might be? And if you want to keep it close to the vest, you don't have to, you don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but if, if you do curious, and if not like, Hey, let's get this one taken care of first and we'll move on to the next one. That's fine too. But just, just kind of curious if there's other things percolating in your mind yet. I always have about 10 goals rolling <laughs> around in my brain. <laughs> um, so I want to, I want to try to finish up the 52 and 52 weeks. Mm-hmm. And then one of my other big goals is to finish up the six marathon majors. Okay. Um, so I have Tokyo and London to go. I have a bid for Tokyo in oh. February of next year for 24. So then I've just got to figure out how I'm going to get into London. And then, uh, I want to wrap up, you know, doing a mar- the six marathon majors. That's a big goal. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. I feel like Tokyo can't just be a fly in and fly out situation. Like there's gotta be more to that one. <laughs> I'll just go for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to take a little bit more time for that one. That's for sure. Well, and, and I, again, you know, just, this is my, my perception, but if you're going to, if you're going to go all the way to Tokyo to run a marathon and yes, it's a major and, and, you know, but like, you know, how often are you going to also be in Japan? Like you might, you might spend at least a couple of right. days trying to, you know, sightseeing and, and touristing and, and experiencing, um, but as near as I can tell, pretty different way of living life, you know, not, not good or bad or whatever, but just, you know, different than what you're used to. Might as well go experience it while, while you're out there, because who knows when you might get back. Absolutely. I know it definitely will be worth spending a little bit extra time there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So one final question for you today, Jen, and then we'll, we'll get you out of here. And, and I call the, the, the closing questions, something along the lines of a philosophical question, which, which is just basically kind of like the introductory question, very open-ended, um, not necessarily anything super specific to anything that we talked about today, but just kind of something general, a uh, good place to, to wrap things up and get on with the day. And, and to just be curious, um, you know, obviously you, you've, you've covered a lot of miles in the last 10 or 11 years. Um, you know, hopefully knock on wood, good health and, and, and continuing to work towards some of these big goals, lots of, lots of miles to still go in, in your future. Um, but I'd just be, be curious to know that, you know, or to, to ask at this point, you know, why, why is running, um, why do you do it? Why is running such an important part of part of your life and something that, uh, you know, again, good, good Lord willing, uh, no, no plans of slowing down anytime soon. Um, I think for me, what I find with my running is that it's, um, it's very relaxing Mm -hmm. and it's time that's just for myself. I, um, you know, 
I'm busy all the time between my family and my friends and my job. And I just find that the running is really just something that I just do for me. It's, um, you know, time that I have to myself, time that I can just go and um, reach for goals that are just mine. They're not any, my goals aren't anything that anybody else in particular cares about. It's just things that I set up for myself. Um, And I just think we all need that time to be able to do some um, time on our own to just be able to do self-care and to um, it's good for my mental health. It's good for my physical health. Um, and I think it just overall makes me a happier person when I am able to, to go out and run. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sitting here nodding along and smiling because I'm going, yeah, I, I think I, I tick pretty much all those boxes as well. So certainly uh, wish you wish you nothing but the best going forward. And y'all, if you want to continue to follow along with Jen and her journey and her adventures and who who knows what other big goals she has beyond, uh, you know, the majors and, and ticking those the, those six stars and obviously the 52, hopefully 52 and 52 uh, at Burke Girl on Instagram, B-E-R-K-G-I-R-L. Uh, on Twitter at Jen Bell 45. Again, that's Jen with two N's bell with two L's, the number four, the number five, uh, Jennifer Robbins bell on Facebook and disruns.com slash 1148 com slash one, one, four, eight. We'll get you back to the show notes for today. Photos, links to all the social medias and links to some of the races, things like that. We talked about as well as per usual. So Jen, thanks for, for making a little time this morning. I, I certainly appreciate it. Congratulations on the most recent Boston. Congratulations on, um, all of the races, all the marathons, all the goals accomplished and, and certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward and good luck with all the, the rest of the 52 races, uh, in this 52 week window, uh, the six stars and, and everything going forward. Appreciate your time and, and nothing but the best for you going forward. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to talk to you. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Jennifer and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. Uh, A few things stood out to me, but the one that I'm going to go with is when Jen was talking about, you know, learning from every race. And there's always something. There's always something to learn. Uh, Sometimes the lessons are obvious. A lot of times that's when it's something that goes disastrously wrong. And, you know, you kind of learn maybe what not to do. You learn some lessons the hard way. Um, But if you're paying attention, you can you can learn from from every race, you know, good, bad and indifferent. And like I kind of said in there when we were talking, I feel like sometimes I'm I'm guilty of of if I'm not careful of not paying attention. And if you're not paying attention, then you're not going to learn, especially if there's not a big disaster, right? If there's not something that's that's massive, whether I guess maybe good or bad, but something big, you know, you kind of can't help but pay attention to. But sometimes some of the subtler things, some of the little things, whether it's pacing, whether it's, you know, fueling, nutrition, hydration, um, what you wear, just, you know, there's so many moving parts that, that even though we don't always necessarily think about them, um, there's a lot of moving parts to a, a successful race, especially the longer the race goes. And, you know, you can always be learning a little bit. And, and I think that, that in there was, was my reminder, and, and maybe this is one of those, those takeaways, uh, those metaphors, if you will, that expends, extends out far beyond just running and race day, um, but also just, just life and things that we go through, you know, I've, things that I go through professionally, you know, work things, podcasting things, coaching things, email writing things, social media things. Like, it's easy to go through the motions. It's easy to just do the things and, and feel like you kind of got it all figured out. Maybe like after your fifth or 10th or 20th or 125th marathon, you might think, oh, I've got this, I've got this figured out. Things are always moving. Things are always changing. You're, we're always changing. The environment is always changing. 
Um, and there's always things to learn. And so I guess this this conversation with somebody who, quite frankly, is kind of where I want to be. You know, we, I want to get to all 50 states. I want to definitely get into the three the three marathon, you know, three digit marathon club. Uh, I got a big number in mind that I'm not exactly spilling the beans on today, but like like you know, might might want to get there. But uh, you know, plenty of lessons that I can learn along the way. So, um, I think that's my takeaway. Just just that reminder to always be learning, no matter how experienced you are. No matter how much you think you've got it figured out, there's still opportunities to learn. And probably, if there's opportunities to learn, there's probably opportunities to improve, whatever that metric of of improvement might be. So lots of introspective takeaway for me today in this one. Um, But what about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? If you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it. Uh, As always, you can tag me in a post or slide into the DMs on social media, at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. You can also shoot me an email if that is more your speed, DizRuns at gmail.com. And if you really want to take it, I don't want to say take it back to the old school, but it's still like not really that old school. Uh, But if you want to head over to the show notes for today, the blog post, leave a comment on a blog post. You are welcome to do that. Uh, DizRuns.com slash 1148, DizRuns.com slash 1148. We'll get you back to the show notes for today. Of course, we've got some photos. We've got links from races and things that we talked about today. And of course, if you scroll on down past all of that, there's that comment section. And feel free to type away to your little heart's content about what it was that stood out to you from today's episode. Hit that, you know, whatever it is, submit button probably is what it says on the comment box. And, uh, you know, it'll be there for all of perpetuity or at least for as long as I continue to pay for website hosting, which near as I can tell will be for a while, for a while at least as of this point. So anyway, we'd love to hear what you stood out to you from today's episode. And if you want a little bit of help with your training, you want a little coaching advice, something to, to kind of go onward with month to month, there's no long-term commitments, uh, but the Coterie has been popular. It's been, uh, it's, it's been kind of my flagship coaching program, I guess. Uh, like I said, we've got, we've got one-to-one is available. The concierge is available. Um, but at the price point of the coterie, like I, you know, I, I hate to say it this way, but like, I believe it. And maybe there's, maybe there's similar options out there for a better, a little bit lower price, but uh, I don't think you'll find a better value than what you get with the coterie. Uh, disruns.com slash coterie for all the details or disruns.com slash coaching. If you want to look at, you know, kind of more, more general coaching thoughts and, and basics about each of the different levels, uh, one way or the other, the door is open. If you want to come in it, come on in, we'll get you started get you going and uh, hopefully have you moving in the right direction towards your running goals, whatever they may be. Uh, Anyway, with that, let's go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Jen and I with you today. If you enjoyed this one, hit that share button. Always appreciate it when you do that. Until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.